All right, let's do it. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. Our first Gilmore to Consider of 2023. I know. When you said that, I was like, oh, she said the wrong name. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in the wrong place. I know. It actually (laughs) felt kind of weird to say it. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. We're considering more things. Our first consideration of 2023. I love hearing from you guys. Oh my God. It makes my heart so happy. Just that you guys call in. I love it. I I was listening to the voicemails yesterday to choose, you know, which ones we wanted to talk about. We know we asked you guys to call in about your hot takes on Marie Gilmore or just your opinions on Marie Gilmore. Yeah. I feel like I really roasted her in the last episode or like not roasted her, but like, you know, just, um, for, for someone I love so much, I just was not feel like I was very kind to her I don't know I think we were fair fair yeah we were fair but we definitely posed a giant question like who is Rory Gilmore without anybody standing next to her which I think is yeah. a very important question to explore and I'm interested to hear more people call in about this and that's not exactly what all of our voicemails are about today but interestingly the first voicemail that we want to play for you guys is about Rory and Lorelai their relationship and the way mm. that their relationship is perceived by not only the audience, but by the people around them in the show. Ooh, okay. Okay, my hot take. I don't know if it's really hot. Everyone says Rory is just like Lorelai, and I completely disagree. Lorelai is a force, and Rory's like a little lamb that needs to be heard as intended to. Rory may get inspiration from Lorelai to act a certain way, but that's all. She tries, and I think she also gets pressured by the town, and maybe she even pressures herself to be like her. I don't think we ever allow Rory to just be herself. No one else will ever be like Lorelai, and I just think Rory has this feeling or just need to be exactly like her, and I just don't like Rory, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's my thing. All right. Thanks. Bye. I love the succinct feeling. I know she was very succinct. Thank you so much, Bestie, for calling in. It's one of those things where, like, you know, we talked about Rory as an individual and kind of who she is against other people. And that's something that we didn't necessarily touch on in our last episode was like how people compare her against Lorelai because she is compared to Lorelai a lot throughout the show. Yeah, we touch on her a bit as like a character, mm. like from a writer's, like that a writer wrote that like Lorelai like is has people who are very reactive to her, whereas mm. Rory is very reactive to other people. So like I agree that Rory is not like Lorelai. Mm. But people always tell her she is Mm. because she was raised by her. All I can think of in my mind is Luke saying, like, you're just like your mother. Mm. Like in the the pilot. Yeah. And she says, too Too late. late. You're going to turn into your mom. Yeah. (sighs) I get it to a certain extent, but I do agree with this caller that, like, I don't necessarily think that she is like Lorelai. And I, but my question for you is, do you think that Lorelai wanted that? Do you think Lorelai wanted her to be like herself I don't think it was like she wanted a little mini clone but she for the most part does want Rory to believe the same things that she does Mm. even when she says she doesn't really care yeah because I also feel like she does kind of encourage her to not be like her Lorelai Lorelai encourages Rory not to be like Lorelai but then in the same breath gets upset we kind of touched on this in the last episode when she's like going out and hanging out with Logan and comes out of the limo with all of these like rich preppy guys and she's disappointed. And it's like, 
okay, so what do you want? Do you want your daughter to be her own individual or do you want her to be like you? Or do you not want her to be like you? Her not being like you means that she might be hanging out with people like this. She might be exposed yeah. to this world. So what is it? You know, I think, where, I think where it matters, like in terms of like temperament and that sort of thing, personality wise, they are not similar, but it's more of like they have similar characteristics mm. and like preferences like the only thing that's really coming to mind right now isn't but I'm a Gilmore when Rory and Logan go to lunch and they're on their way back and she's talking he's talking about how much she ate and she was like that's nothing you should see my mother Mm. so it's like feels like she's like this like like little mini Lorelai sometimes in that regard but I've always seen Rory more in like a vineyard valentine when she goes to the vineyard and they like quote unquote go to the gym not that part but she's like cooking Mm. and like kind of being a little bit domestic that's always how I've seen Rory to be like when Lorelai's not around Mm. like she works on the paper she goes to school she kind of has this like little life that like when Lorelai sees it she's like what's this Mm. what are you doing yeah and that that's always kind of how I've seen her of like when she's with Lorelai she's Lorelai's mini me but when she like strays further from her she's not quite as similar which this bestie did not like. She does not like Rory. Yes, and I guess that kind of speaks to the other piece of what they shared, which is that Rory was never really given the space to be an individual, but interestingly, I think that she was in the later seasons, which is why people don't really like her. Right. Because <laughs> like, you know? she, she becomes a little bit of a real person and not just like a shadow of Lorelai, who reads yeah. a lot. Yeah. And people are like, mm, don't like it, which is interesting because I feel like people love Lorelai so much mm. that she's just like this she feels like a crazy individual not crazy individual but she is extremely individual yeah I mean to say um and then Rory when she gets to you know be herself a little people like "Ah." I wonder who Rory's inspiration was for Amy or if there was an inspiration because you can tell that a lot of who Lorelai is is Amy she put a lot of herself into that character who is Rory Dan (gasps) (laughs) oh I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Because Uh, I'm curious, as we move into our next listener's message, like where the inspiration for her character came from and where the trajectory for her storyline came from when it comes to her goals. hmm. So let's hear from our bestie, Sarah. Hey, besties. It's Sarah from New Jersey. Um, so I have a lot of feelings about Rory as a character, as in, I know we all do, but something I've thought about forever is that she should never have been a journalist um, and that Mitchum was right about her. Um, so I think that she was great at the Franklin, um, but she struggled at the Yale Daily News, and then her internship with Mitchum proved to be, for her, to be a little awkward when it came to the newspaper. Um, I think he was right in saying that she really didn't have it. Um, but obviously that was, you know, something that they needed for the writing, but I think she loves writing and literature, which is all well and good, but I don't think that journalism was the career move for her. When it comes to Lori, I feel like they force fed us the narrative that she's going to be a journalist that travels the world, but she only really ever traveled two times that we see of once with her mom to Europe and then, um, and the revival going back and forth to London. Um, so I think it would have been more exciting to see her change careers, um, as most people do, too, um, and do something different. I actually think she would have been a kick-ass event planner. Um, she planned Borelai's birthday party when she was just a teenager, and it seemed to be a huge success. 
And then she also planned all those events for the DAR too. Um, I know it would have connected her to Emily and even Lorelai to an extent because they did a lot of event planning, but I think she has the attention for detail and she can be a good leader um, as seen at the Yale Daily News and, and people really like her. Um, not to mention she has connections that would have been helpful to her in that career move, but I don't know. I just feel like the journalism thing was a little, it was fine for when she was a teenager, um, but then I think that she outgrew that uh, dream and instead of just, you know, navigating it to a different career, they continue to really double down on it um and i think it would have been really awesome to see her go in a different direction but anyway thanks so much ladies i really love the podcast and i love listening to everything you have to say so keep doing what you're doing love you bye okay sarah we love like a very elaborate like detailed take because i love that she came with receipts i love that she was like this is how i feel and here's why so let's break it down because she definitely shared a lot of thoughts with us yeah first of all how do you feel about her saying that rory should never have been a journalist or pursued that career um i think that like pursuing that career once she gets to the revival and like maybe like towards season seven I think it's less so that, like, Rory within the narrative shouldn't have pursued journalism, but more so that they, like, didn't build that up enough. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I said this in the last episode, that it just felt like she was, like, always geared more towards English literature Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, journalism. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, I mean, I know it's season seven, but it pops into my mind of, like, Rory just, like, loving reading when she gets to that dinner with that girl Bobby who's awful. It's just, like, yeah, she's always was, like, portrayed as, like, a book girl. And I'm not saying that, like, journalists are not book people. They totally are. But it just never felt like they were, like, leading her down that path. Like, Mm. it felt like after You Jump, I Jump, Jack, it was kind of, like, when did we ever see her do anything again until the Yale Daily News Mm. in season six so I I don't know I just feel like for someone who wanted to be a journalist they didn't build that up enough they didn't hit hard enough on that characteristic of hers I agree and that's what I was gonna say and we'll talk about the Mitchum comment in a second but (laughs) it's like either give this girl the impetus to like really go for what she wants and show us why she should be a journalist like just reading books and being interested in literature, I don't think is enough. I think that you have to have the tenacity to not only be a really strong writer, but to want to be a storyteller and to dig into those stories. And I don't think we ever really saw that from her until you jump, I jump Jack. And then we kind of, like you said, never see it again. And then once Mitchum makes that comment, it could have gone in two different directions. Like, Either she goes, oh, I haven't tried hard enough with this. And like it uses it to light a fire under her ass. Or it's like, you know what? Maybe this isn't right for me. And it's not just because this man told me so. But like it's because I don't know that that's actually what I want to do with my life. And instead it kind of went in a direction of like this guy told me I'm bad at this. And this is the first time I've ever been rejected. So now I'm just going to give up. And I get that we needed that for a very interesting storyline. But I almost wish that like when she did kind of come back it was with this tenacity that we see very briefly, but we didn't get enough of. So maybe more of that or showing the audience that it is okay to pivot into a different career. If one is not working out for you. We talked about that a lot in our revival episode. Yeah. And I think that I really don't, I never agree with anyone who says that Mitchum was right, but I think that part of the problem is that when she comes back into herself and like becomes the editor of the Yale daily news and whatnot, it's, For me, it's always the fault of, like, 
it, it sounds terrible to say. It's always the fault of season seven because it's like she seemed like she was heading down a like path where like, you know, she got a mention by Mitchum mm. in the newspaper and she was furious about it. Um, and it seemed like she was headed back down that path of like mm. being a journalist now that she was the editor. And then season seven did nothing with her. Like, cause we, that's what we talked about. We were like, she never had these internships over the summer. She never did anything to like build yeah. up her resume, like that kind of thing. Yeah. We didn't really so have th- a reason to root for her. Yeah. So like, I don't agree that Mitchum was right. I mean, I understand. I think that that like really just shows people's hatred towards Rory Gilmore, that they see like a sophomore in college in her first internship, like be put down by the like, quote unquote, titan of industry of this. That's me quoting Rory to Logan in season seven. Right. And I realize not Mitchum Huntsberger, but like he's supposedly like supposed to be like the best ever at what he does. And he can look at a kid in college who he's only ever given administrative tasks to and said you don't got it without having like had given her any feedback throughout her internship because that's what he says he says we haven't sat down and talked he doesn't like give her any chance to like grow or yeah I think it shows me that he's not good at what he does he can't see someone with like the kind of like education and like you know intelligence that Rory has and that it's just going to be like a gut instinct like I never agree with that I get where you're coming from on that I no sparkly heart to a certain degree because I do agree with him that she doesn't have the she didn't exhibit the drive that I think he wanted to see which wasn't fair for him to put that expectation on her without her knowing that expectation was there you know when she's like this was my job like I came into the meeting I sat down I took notes like that was what I was supposed to do and he was like I didn't want you to follow the rules well that's not fair for you to put on her but like she never had that tenacity though we don't see that from her it throughout the show about pursuing I think journalism that, I think that's the thing is like we see that but I like we as an audience I think know that about her or like can like see that but like I don't think that like it's fair for Mitchum Huntsberger of all people to say it because like for her to like quote unquote have this drive I think that it's like a lack of understanding of like young women in a workplace full of like adult men because they're in that room sure. trying to save a newspaper and like I've been that girl in those rooms before like not an intern like actually on the team like and like spoken up and it like gets like so so washed over one thousand percent so like in her, in her first situation like that it's just oh no I understand why she did it but I do also understand Mitchum kind of being like I don't see this in you because I just see someone yeah. who's sitting back and not really taking the initiative that I want to see so like I understood where he was coming from to a certain extent because I think as an audience member I never really saw Rory take a lot of initiative in her yeah. own pursuit of being a journalist I just think it's always told me that Mitchum Huntsberger isn't very good at what he does. I And I, I think that two things can be true at once. Like, I do, yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying. This is a man's world, and, like, he kind of took advantage of that, but... Not to mention, that's his, that's her boyfriend's dad. Like, it's yeah. just like, come no, on. No, I know, but it's like, I wish that almost it was the delivery of, like, you don't have it. I wish that it was more, I need to see it. If you have it, show it now. Instead of just yeah. resolving to the resolving her to this, because he ver- he he rescinds that statement. Yes, he publicly does in the newspaper. So it's like his gut is not very instinctual. Mm. In the end, it kind of ends up being. But like yeah. it's, but that's I don't what know. I'm saying is like like yeah. it was almost a self fulfilling prophecy in a way because like even before he made that comment, we do see glimpses of Rory really digging, and I wish we had gotten more of what we got in you jump I jump Jack. 
But was it, this is just a question that came to my mind, stream of consciousness, was it about finding things out about the life and death brigade or was it getting closer to Logan that intrigued her? Because we never saw her dig into a story like that before. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's hard about it is like, I think she was intrigued because she had a personal connection to it. I don't think at that point she was like, yeah. taken with him I think yeah she was kind of irritated with him but sure. like I think she was like realized she could get like the inside scoop but you know we'll never really know for sure so the second part of Sarah's call was about her changing careers is there a career that you would have loved to see Rory pursue instead of journalism I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Fitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G I L M O R E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast. So they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. had to have been something with books like whether like whether or not she was going to write because I think that we've talked before that we don't know whether or not she was a good writer so like 
could have been writing a book, mm. could have been working as a book agent, could have been working as a book editor, you know, something in the Ooh, book Oh, I kind of like that. That sounds like very up Rory Gilmore's alley. Like, I know good books. Yeah. I know good books, and I know how to get them to where they need to be. That would have been yeah. really cool to see her I know. pursue that. Yeah, I think it. I think it's just at the end of the day for me, the writers didn't set her character up in the later seasons to follow up and deliver on what she told Headmaster Charleston yeah. in season one. Like she seemed excited then, and like even when she was in, was it when she was in the car with Jess, mm-hmm. she told him then, and it just felt like I don't know. It just something about her character. I don't know if it was like a commentary on her character for her to go in this direction and kind of fall off from it yeah or if they just weren't like hitting home enough on like the backstory that we needed for her as opposed to her boyfriends yeah for sure to her love life for sure you know? no I, I, like she I could have been more understand that's that's always how that's, I feel about it. that's the moral of the story right that's kind of where we walked away from the conversation at on Tuesday. Yeah. A lot of other people called in saying like, I thought Mitchum was right. I don't think Rory should have been a journalist. I I think she should have been a teacher. Mm. And I also would have loved to see Rory be a teacher. I think she would have been a great teacher. We kind of catch a glimpse of that in the revival. Yeah. I made a TikTok about this when, um, (laughs) uh, people were talking that Rory didn't achieve what she meant to be a journalist in the revival. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went back to her, talk with headmaster charleston about wanting to be a foreign correspondent Mm -hmm. which i pointed out is about international affairs working in international affairs and then the revival she's um having you know sex with a man in london which is when you live in the u.s that's an international that's an international affair so she actually did end up doing exactly what she was supposed to do Haley, that's incredible that's absolutely (laughs) incredible and like i was like if that if that was a joke on behalf of the writers, bravo. Well done. Like, bravo. If not, what a coincidence. Yeah. So, well, um, so yeah. that's that kind of brings me back to my original question, which was my segue into this voicemail, was like, I wonder who Rory's character was based off of, if anyone, because yeah. like, was that a characteristic of her being a journalist and not succeeding at that? Was that a characteristic of someone in Amy's life? Was that always the plan? Or, you know, where did that come from? I'd be curious to know. Yeah. Um, but the international affairs thing, that just took me down. Yeah. She, um, That's she, incredible. She worked in international affairs, or international affair, rather. One, singular. Just the one. <laughs> we hope. Uh, we, that we know of. But thank you so much, Sarah, for calling in. This was a, a pretty uh, popular opinion, interestingly, like as I was sifting through the voicemails. And I've heard people say this before. I mean, I this like is in not... the minority about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. But um, I loved Sarah's voicemail for the purpose of like, I think she should have been this and here's why. I think that Mitchum was right about her and here's why. I love someone with like, they can back up what they got to say. Love it. So this last voicemail that we're going to play, uh, I admittedly cried when I listened to it and I'm not going to give any context. I'm just going to play it. Okay. I'm very excited that uh, these two people called in. Hi, Sarah and Haley. I'm here with my dad because we disagree about Rory and her college years. I did not like her in her college years. And an example was because she always made excuses for her mistakes. Like when she sold the boat with Logan, she just said, oh, I was upset because Mitchum told me I didn't have it. And when Dean cheated on Lindsay with her at the beginning, she said, 
oh, he likes me, not her, and that's, that's why it was okay. And then another thing that I didn't like was when Marty told Rory he liked her, she just said, I like Logan, and I felt like she could have said that in a nicer way. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you're a great friend, or something like that. Hi, uh, I'm Dad, and I guess I'm a little more forgiving about Rory's college years because it's a good example of Rory having to make decisions uh, in the moment without all the guardrails of Stars Hollow. I certainly don't agree with a lot of her decisions, um, especially. I think I have somebody who agrees with me here, backsliding with Dean, because uh, she should have known better than that. But... Um, I think I think you know the character is just making choices as best she can, and I think it's a good example of how hard it can be to make the good decisions in the moment. Bye. Well, Dad and Bestie, oh my God, the way I just like my eyes just welled up with tears as I listened to this voicemail because, like, first of all, hi, Dad, your daughter hi. is so articulate, but just the idea of a dad and daughter watching this show together like oh, murder me yeah that made oh my, my heart so full she, but also what an emotionally intelligent daughter she had so many very very good points i know also my favorite point which is that when marty like think <laughs> other than emily gilmore putting shira down with good reason i sure. think the most like maliciously savage moment in the show is when marty says i like you worry and worry says i like logan I which know. is funny because we touch on that in our next episode we do to the, her credit about the boat worry was not apologetic about it at all she no. did not take responsibility for it she did she said she was upset that's exactly what she did she never said like i, I feel boat. bad I should well, not have done that. No, like, no, no, she does. She does get to that point. Do you remember when she, she's in the car with Lorelai oh, and, and, and she's Taylor, like, oh, oh my God, to tow them. oh my God, I just stole a boat. Like she, she definitely realizes yeah. it, but there's no remorse. She's yeah. not like, I feel so terrible for those people whose boat I stole. No, she, she feels bad about it, but it's never in any like meaningful way. Cause like even when she ends up in court and has to do community service, she's just well, it, like, what this all comes back to that our bestie called in about is that Rory doesn't really face any consequences. And we yeah. talked about that in the last episode. There are never really any consequences for her actions. And with the boat, we do see her face those consequences in the form of community service. But like, that's it. She just kind of gets like a little little tap, tap, tap on the wrist. Yeah. And she was expecting less. Like she felt like she was entitled to less. So did Emily. So did Richard. And, you know, it's the first time that she's kind of facing concrete tangible consequences in her life but like she never really faces those internally she never like Like carries that with her you know um being an aide and cheating dean cheating on Lindsay with her stealing a boat like not being a great friend like all of these things that we kind of see those are on different scales they (laughs) are completely on different scales but like they're all treated kind of the same even though they're on different scales yeah. She treats them the same. Yeah. It's like, oh, I made a mistake, which takes me to dad, which I completely agree with dad's opinion on where it's like you get more forgiving as you age because you realize that you are, you too are human being and we all make mistakes and sometimes it can be hard. Yeah. That last sentiment that he said was great about like how hard it can be to make the right choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I loved the hearing both of both the perspectives on me that. Me too. But what I think is the most important and I will reiterate this is like a dad watching the show with his daughter 
is so special. And so that made my heart really happy to listen to this voicemail and to hear their opinions on it, um, how they are the same, how they differ, you know, because they are two different people and have two different experiences. But I think it's so special that he's watching this show with his daughter. I I love it. And then listen here. And then they listen here. Hi, we're so happy to have you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, you two. And I also wanted to play it as our last voicemail for our Rory Gilmore to consider um, because dad is kind of the first male voice we've had, male presence we've had on the podcast. Yeah. But next episode on Tuesday is where we are going to be having Maya and Hunter on to talk about their experience with Gilmore Girls. As we've mentioned before, Hunter has just started watching this for the first time. They're in the middle of season five, or at least they were when we recorded this, with Maya, his wife, who has watched this show many times before. Yeah, she's a fall asleep to it, girly. Exactly. And Hunter is actually going to be the first male voice on our podcast which is very exciting for us because we have always kind of had you know obviously we are two female identifying women and um the only other two guests we've had on have been women and so to have a little bit of a different perspective from a man uh is going to be really interesting i'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode they made a lot of really great points Mm -hmm. and there are some things that like i literally was just dying laughing over i know i know when we talk about rory a a good amount so this was a good topic to kind of ease us into the conversation with them speaking of crying I do cry a lot in that episode as well oh yeah because they're so sweet Maya and Hunter have such a beautiful relationship and that was that dynamic was so exciting to bring on to the show Hunter gives big written by a woman energy man written by a woman yeah yeah that's that's exactly what I got from him so he he he's the perfect um first first man to the pod (laughs) But before we go, we did want to make an amendment to what we shared in our announcement about our Gilmore Galentine event on Tuesday regarding our after party. So our after party is actually accessible to everyone, not just Patreon members. It's just free for Patreon members. So if you are interested in coming to the after party, it is only $5 for non-Patreon members. But you are, of course, welcome to come. And I know a lot of you have already purchased tickets, but we just wanted to clarify that again. Tickets are $10 and... We're really excited. We're going to be in person. But people had questions about this. This event is being streamed digitally. It is not a live event for everyone. It, it is just a live event for me and Haley. <laughs> and then we will be streaming it <laughs> and digitally. And by live, you mean in person. We will be live on the internet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But it is being streamed digitally. I know a lot of people had questions about whether or not this would be accessible afterwards. It will be available for seven days after the event airs so for a whole week after Valentine's day you can purchase a ticket you can watch you just won't be there live to participate in some of the games that we're gonna have and that's okay you're still gonna have a good time yeah I'm excited um I know I keep saying that but like I know I can't wait I love these voicemails I love hearing from listeners so like to get to be yes it's gonna be kind of like it's gonna be almost like a live Gilmore to consider in a way because we're gonna get to kind of participate with our besties there oh it's gonna be so much fun I can't it could be chaotic and it probably will be it probably will be just a heads up but we're still gonna have fun (laughs) but in the meantime we will be back on Tuesday with Maya and Hunter until next time until next time you have more for us to consider unpopular opinions spicy takes things you think we're forgetting or you just want to say hi give our voicemail a call at 860-578-4653 that's 860-578-4653 spring is that you warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles meet the super light collection the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors 
They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.